This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome everyone to the Nichols Family Lawyers podcast. I'm Sally Nichols, Managing Partner at Nichols Family Lawyers. Today, I'm speaking with Julie Borkenhoff, the CEO of Panda. Panda, which stands for Perinatal Anxiety and Depression in Australia, is a national non-for-profit organisation that provides confidential information, support and referrals to anyone affected by depression and anxiety during pregnancy and after childbirth, including mothers, partners, family members and friends. Panda operates a weekday helpline staffed by trained counsellors and volunteers. It's a website, its website boasts a wealth of resources for people seeking information and support, including a separate website called How's Dad Going, dedicated to supporting new and expecting dads who may be experiencing perinatal anxiety and depression. While this organisation provides essential mental health support to new mums and dads at the best of times, This service is even more crucial during the current COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome, Julie. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Sally. Thanks for having me. I think it's such an important area to be able to talk about outside of COVID, but especially at the moment, it's, it's definitely a big area. Oh, absolutely. And tell us a bit more about Panda. I've given a, a an introduction, but to hear, I think people would love to hear from you about its goals and services that it provides to new and expecting parents. Yeah, look, I think, you know, as a custodian and CEO of an organisation like Panda, there are so many facets to it um, that make up its whole. And, you know, I've been on board since late last year, late 2019, um, and it's been really wonderful to be able to get amongst the organisation. And whilst we're fundamentally known for our national helpline, which provides phone-based support and email support to callers, Um, And as you said, they're not just mums, they're dads, they're carers. Um, We do have so many other things that wrap around that. So we have online tools and resources. We have probably one of the largest used self-screening tools in our mental health checklist for new and expecting mums, dads and carers that sits on our website which is quite fascinating because that's a space where people can go and do a self-assessment. We've had probably about... um, think we're sitting at about 40,000 uses of that screening tool at the moment in about a year and a half of it being online, which is fantastic. Um, We also do a lot of advocacy. So we have over 320 community champions and they're people who are actively participating on social media to raise uh, raise concern and raise awareness around people's experience of perinatal mental health and wellbeing. Um, And, you know, they help support us actively advocate and communicate with the media to provide education and training to health professionals to upskill them better. So we have lots of different parts of our business. We do some policy work. Um, We do some research, which is really exciting. At the moment, we have a research project under the Suicide Prevention Australia grant looking at maternal suicide, which is the highest rate of death. Um, in the pregnancy period um, and first year of life, which is really tragic. So, you know, allows us to really upskill 
both our own organisation but bring the voice of lived experience and the challenges that mums and dads face really to the forefront. Panda formed 36 years ago um, by two women who were sitting at a kitchen table and were talking very much about their struggles after having had their babies. Um, they had been connected up, I believe, through an informal mother's group at the time. Um, they were sitting and having a conversation um, in a sort of Australian mental health context at a time when, you know, we were very much in the midst of deinstitutionalisation where the, common, oh, well, the Commonwealth and states were trying to pull apart um, formalised mental health supports. Um, and really we're in, you know, an, an international and national context, we didn't have a lot of words around perinatal vulnerability. So it was still very much viewed as historical struggles that somebody might have brought with them into their parenting journey or, you know, a, a phenomena that just get over it, You're, you've got a baby. Um, so these two women, um, had the conversation about how they built support for themselves and invited a couple of other women to join. Um, and when I met with Anne last year, when I was new to the CEO role, she spoke about the fact that they had hired a hall to bring together, you know, some women with interest um, and very quickly realised that they had well over 100 women that were coming in where they thought they would only have about 20 and they were ringing up the local council to say, can you bring in more chairs because they were overrun <laughs> with the number of people that came along to this event, which they, they thought was going to be a very small one. Um, and then from there, it's just grown. And I think, you know, the beauty of an organisation like Panda is that we are creative, we're flexible, um, and we go where the need is um, as we develop as an organisation. And I would say we still have the, the continued luxury of doing that because we hold true to being client-centred and person-centred. Um, in our model and over time Panda has just grown and evolved and very much still holds at its core those two women who had a conversation and connected and shared a need for a service that would wrap around and embrace them at this time when other services really weren't able to. Oh, and so in, sorry, in the model that we have now, you know, um, we still hold true to our model, but now we work more holistically with the service sector and health sector. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really inspiring story, and I, and I, and such an important service at all times. But particularly because of COVID and resulting social isolation measures, I can imagine they're undoubtedly causing greater anxiety in our community, and with amongst new and expecting parents. So, how might the experience of the COVID nineteen pandemic be unique um, or new for expecting parents? And has the Panda Helpline experienced a surge in calls for support as a result of this? Yeah, so uh, Panda was already experiencing an increase in calls and dealing with a different client story when they were ringing as a result of the bushfires. So oh, cool. as we came out of Christmas, we had already been in touch with, um, you know, the ministers for health and uh, the government to seek support and additional funding right before COVID really hit um, as a result of the bushfires and we had seen a 5% increase during that time from people who were both directly and indirectly affected. Um, and so we were already sort of on high alert as a result of that 5% doesn't sound like much, but when you're already bursting at the seams in terms of not being able to make demand, that's significant for an organisation like Panda. 
Um, and then quite quickly we saw that grow from 15 to, sorry, from five to 15% in terms of increased need. Um, and what was fascinating was that whilst we have always experienced callers ringing about their mood or their stress levels as a result of anxiety and uh, depression symptoms, we were hearing from a different kind of client that perhaps traditionally would have functioned okay and would have um, been ticking along and, and self-managed with their family and supports, but more so we were seeing an increase in stress in general population that was then exacerbating symptoms of anxiety and depressed mood. So it was a different kind of caller and, you know, probably more complex in nature because a lot of the calls were starting to relate to financial pressures. Um, to familial pressures in terms of not being able to connect with families um, in the same way that people had historically. Um, and some we started to see on in the early days the displacement that was coming from people, you know, being stood down or needing to move to a work from home um, position. More so than probably two weeks post that initial uh, view of the increase, we found that we um, callers were then really distressed as a result of their child maternal health nurse visits shutting down and mum's group shutting down because of the social isolation position. Um, and that had a significant impact then on our callers. And we, we sort of hit a 20, 23% increase now from our standard baseline of uh, callers that is um, ongoing. Oh, that's incredible. And what, mm. and have you been able to put in measures or suggestions, um, practical suggestions for those calls who are desperately missing that support of the mother's group, which I know is the nexus of how Panda was formed? Has there been some alternatives? That yeah, so we more so than ever, we're connecting people up to the resources that we have available on our website. Um, we very quickly put in place, you know, a COVID banner and a, a page on our website that talked about and tried to normalise people's experiences as a result of um, the isolation and the pressure that had on people's health and wellbeing. Um, we all have also been looking at how we support uh, and bought more transparently our guide for groups. Um, so Pandas worked um, across some state funded activities to help support and develop groups um, during our normal course of business. And we thought it was really important for uh, Facebook groups and mums groups that were self-starting, um, that they have a think about how they structured those groups to provide support to each other and also have a sort of shared um, ethic about how they flag concern about one another and the like. So um, made available some of those resources that had probably sat more in funded program areas um, and make those more available to the public more broadly. Um, and then, you know, making sure that our checklist was advertised lots of social media because um, we have a broad social media following um, and getting information out to primary health networks um, and states as much as possible. Sure, so if anyone was listening to this and concerned about a new parent, then there, there are checklists, there are, there, it's obviously would drive them to your website and obviously at the bottom of this podcast, we'll try and put as many online links mm. as we can. I guess issues I know as a, when I was a new parent, sleep was a deprivation, was <laughs> a big issue. And also um, getting the, the little bub to sleep or bubs to sleep. 
in terms of being able to access sleep schools, for example, are they still available at the moment? Are they still running as an essential medical service? I believe in some states they are, and look, that's probably one of the um, issues at the moment is the universality of, of access is not as known. Yes. Um, we do hear that most of those services are considered essential, but again, because people aren't getting, so, we, so we're seeing a much uh, quicker turnaround in maternal hospitals or maternity hospitals yes. in that historically people would have been discharged from a normal, a normal, I'm saying inverted commas, a normal birth um, three days post birth on average. And what we're seeing is a six hour departure after oh, birth at the moment. Um, and we're also, for those who would have gone through a caesarean, we, we would have normally expected a week post caesarean for people to be discharged on average, and it's now a three-day uh, turnaround. So what we know um, results are, are due to those quick turnarounds is that mums and dads aren't getting as much exposure to things like lactation consultants, um, to the support with the midwives on the, the floors in the wards around, you know, day-to-day -day care for bubs. And they're the things that callers are, are ringing about in terms of not feeling that they can cope as well. So as you're saying, when we are not sure about whether the sleep clinics are operating in every state um, and territory as per usual, the need for them is exacerbated because the skill set that mums and dads would have learned about in the hospitals isn't as um, ingrained or, or habitual for them before they leave. Sure, and I can, I can imagine too the positive thing about technology. I know people we've talked about online safety for kids and kids at home schooling, and that's I think driving a few parents spare at the moment. But Me included. Also, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's um, also the internet such a wealth provides such a wealth of knowledge. But I, I would assume that Panda would direct. Uh, parents to the appropriate YouTubes, for example, in terms of if you're having um, um, issues and you need to actually look at a, um, a training video or something that will give you, educate you, you mm -hmm. have the appropriate links on your website to... Yeah, look, that's that's a hard one. I think one of the things that we hear from all of our callers and we ourselves are experiencing are just the huge range of information that's out there. And, you know, one of the things that I personally have been advocating for is that we consider not necessarily throwing more money at services and, and building more, but that we just get better at how we signpost people to resources um, and how we weave that content together to make people's journey through information a lot more seamless because a lot of people are saying I'm getting overwhelmed by the sheer amount of information that's out there and that it's not clear which I should be listening to or, or referencing so I think you make a good point in that um, whilst we would like to have really clear information around where to access key supports and we do for much of the part there is so much out there that it becomes really difficult especially when you overlay people's individual differences and preferences and family makeup and you know situations so um, we try to adhere to some fairly core content and that content is stuff that we email out to all of our callers once we've had that first call with them to provide them with localised support. Um, but it's never easy in terms of accessing that stuff. No, I can imagine, I can imagine there could be cultural issues and a lot of people missing grandparents. So I know that grandparents yes. are a huge support during this period of time, mm. but to keep a lot of our um, grandparents safe, uh, that's one of the main uh, reasons for self-isolation. So I can imagine there are a lot of people missing that continuity or just that break as well. Um, Most definitely. 
Yeah, and, and interestingly, we've seen an increase in the number of grandparents calling Panda to raise concerns about the mental health of their um, sons or daughters, you know, which has been fascinating in itself because I think, you know, we, we rely so heavily on being there and a part of it and reading how people are going. Um, and when you're not exposed to that, I think, you know, people do second guess and their concerns are amplified because they can't check in as readily. So we have seen an increase in the number of grandparents calling to seek support and to find out how do you give that support then to their family. Oh, that's just such a fantastic service. And what in, in relation to maternal health nurses, mm. are they able to actually have virtual um, consultations? Yeah, so we're, we're hearing that there are lots of opportunities and most of the um, states now have their maternal health nurses doing uh, video and phone-based check-ins. That's wonderful, again, for those who have access to internet um, and to phone systems. And we know that there are really remote parts of Australia and rural parts where that's just not as, as easily done. Um, but I think across the board, we are hearing that there is a connection with uh, midwives, you know, after people have had the baby. I think probably the gap is that, again, that face-to-face modelling and support that comes from mums groups. And, that you know, we are seeing some really wonderful initiatives where people are doing stuff via um, video, you know, conferencing and phone. Um, but I think nothing will ultimately for new mums and dads really, you know, replace that ability to sit around as a group and watch how each other parent um, and engage with their bubs. And, and to, you know, depending on how you like to engage in a social setting, of course, you know, what you get from that and the meaning that you're able to take away and then fold into your own parenting picture. I think, you know, that's, that's a big gap that is fundamentally there at the moment. I can imagine, and I've, I've seen we have such limited reasons for going outside. Um, exercise, I guess, is the one avenue where I've seen quite a few new mums with their and chatted them at an appropriate mm -hmm. distance um, when I'm going for a walk, but with their prance yeah. and asking about the baby. And I guess that's one thing that possibly uh, expect new mums could do or new parents could do is take mm -hmm. that bumper walk, you're getting that exercise mental relief as well. Um, but it's a group of two, I guess. So that's um, fairly limited. Yeah, I guess that that has was something we we received a number of calls from uh, mums asking Panda to advocate at the time when the social isolation really did hit and was you know making it very clear that you couldn't be meeting or within you know 1.5 metres of anyone and mums really calling into question whether or not there could be um, some leniency around two mothers and their new babies you know but going out for walks um, and the like and you know we were very clear about the fact that there was that need for social connection um, and for the supports to be built and formed early on not just for the mums but for the babies themselves um, you know and also uh, on the other flip side the other piece that was interesting at that time was around face masks and the impact of face masks on how children you know uh, yes. learn about facial modeling and and responses Empathy. from their, yeah and yeah from their parents yeah. so mm. it's such a fascinating time you know and, and would be a great time to be doing some really nice longitudinal research around those sorts of things but yeah look I think being able to engage and hopefully we'll see that as some of the states and territories start to bring in people engaging with smaller numbers um, that mums will naturally find each other again in that space and, and be a priority yeah yeah and, and what is your key piece of advice for socially isolated mums and dads who may be really doing it tough what would you recommend that they do go easy on yourself 
first and foremost, I think, you know, it's really, it's really easy to think about the shoulds and musts and to second guess everything you're doing as though there is a rule book around, you know, being a parent. And, and the first thing we remind everybody is that there are no rules, that near enough is good enough and that even rocks crumble. So you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. So I think being really real about the fact that we don't all love being parents every day you know and that's the natural reality we are great parents regardless um but you don't have to like it all the time i think the next thing is to trust your inner flags and i think that if, especially for first-time parents when you're starting to split away a part of yourself and form a new identity as a mum or a dad you you second guess the internal flags that you have um and your ability to self-check and you kind of suppress your own needs because you're heightened on this new bub. Um, and I think, you know, we, we continually remind to remind each other that if you think it's concerning, if you think that there is a struggle emerging, then do something about it as early as possible. So do ring Panda or sources and, and services like Panda and seek support, even if it's just a one-off check-in. Um, you know, do that rather than leaving it because ultimately we know that, you know, whilst, you know, relationships can be formed and stormed and are over time, that early stage attachment and the sense of self-confidence adults have as they become new parents really does need to be given as much, you know, space and time and nurturance as possible. Um, because ultimately we, you know, as parents are creating parents of the future in our babies. Um, so I think just going easy, trusting your flags, taking time out for yourself, you know, and even if that means putting your bub um, on a quilt in the bathroom floor so you can get a shower in each day, you know, go easy, do all those things. Those you know, make space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so i think it's just going easy and that basic self-care stuff you know that you kind of say is not necessarily needed because your baby's the most important thing no you've got to look after yourself in this space yeah healthy parent um and it often we talk to psychologists um in family law and they say if the parents are doing okay the kids will be doing okay yeah so exactly. really really important to look after after yourself that's fantastic that's really really good advice mm. and um was there anything else that you wanted we will obviously have all the online services for people mm. who are concerned um with the podcast is there anything else you'd like as a message to go out in relation to panda in terms of if anyone wants to um, assist Panda as a volunteer or financially assist Panda that's is there is it pretty obvious for the website where they can go to yeah do. look I think if you if you visit the panda.org.au website the, the first thing you'll see is a feel free to donate button it pops up quite clearly and you know whilst fundamentally we are there to support new um, and expecting parents we do um, build a whole lot of really unique client-centred uh, tools such as translated resources, um, such as, you know, our social media campaigns, all of our flyers and the post out associated with those is all done as a result of the funding we receive from donations. Um, and we also have the opportunity for organisations that are you know, interested in investing in parents now and in the future to partner on some really key activities that we've identified that uh, we need to 
get going um, to build the fabric of the work we do for our community. So reach out to us. Um, but ultimately, the tools and resources are there. You know, the mental health checklist is often the first port of call that we direct people to. That allows you to undertake a 30 question, um, you know, internal sort of self-screening in your own space. Um, and be able to check how you're going. And then if you need to reach out to our helpline, our amazing counsellors and volunteers are uh, you know, there from 9am till 7.30pm, Monday to Friday, um, and are able to take calls. And if you aren't able to get through to somebody you know, in the moment, leave a message and we'll get back to them as soon as possible. Oh, it's yeah, absolutely fantastic. Well, what a delight to speak to you, Julie. Thank you very much for that. I have to wish you good luck with the homeschooling. I, I, I <laughs> together that. <laughs> my little eight-year-old's been standing in the corner of my vision at the doorway, chewing on an apple, watching me. <laughs> oh, it's. Um, <laughs> It's. I think it's something where parents aren't teachers and, and you mentioned being easy on ourselves. I think we all have to do with that um, phenomena as well. And yeah, uh, imagine having someone having to try and homeschool and with a new baby would just be a, a whole new level. Too. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, no, look, I completely feel for it. And that's, again, you know, we're juggling multiple balls. If one of them drops from time to time, that's fine. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, many thanks. I think there'll be um, a lot of people listening and get, getting so much from this. So thanks very much, Julie. Much oh, thanks for the opportunity, Sally. It's great. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.